cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of May 2009. I always advise newcomers to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and download as many of the previous talks I've given as you wish, where I try to give you the bigger picture of the big system which controls the world and how long it's been operating and where it's taking us. In fact, you'll find that Everything at the top across the whole planet is interlinked, mainly through foundations, through the education system, through the tying in of uh, various United Nations non-governmental organizations, and plus the incredible binding of international treaties coming from the United Nations that every country signs, signed on to in the past and signed multitudes of them every year. Things we never generally hear about, we see the effects of them. In fact, we're often misled as to why things are happening back in our own countries to do with wilderness and wetlands and all the rest of it. But all this stuff comes from the United Nations and our so-called leaders, I hate to say our because obviously they're not our leaders at all, are all on board with this agenda and they all belong to the same international club. That's why they're picked and presented for you to vote for. You can also look into Alan Watts Sentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks which I give, which you can download for print up, and they're written in the various languages of Europe. For those who don't listen to me on the computer, because many people just get disburned and passed to them, then you can write to me if you want to order the books or CDs or discs that are on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You can write to me at Alan Watt Site 41. Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P as in Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1. And for those who have got something out of what I've been telling them for years, and those who have woken up, and many have woken up far more than the average patriot's uh, follower will do, because I go into the, the much, much bigger picture to show you how far ahead all of this has progressed. You can always donate to me, either through PayPal at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, or you can send personal check inside Canada and the U.S. And that's what we're in. We're in one, one phase an ongoing phase that was ongoing long before we were born into uh, an ordered society, a society where the intellectuals will be given the management positions, they already have been, to manage the herds of people, those in the darkness, those who are called profane, those down below. And you'll find even as far back as the 1700s, there were meetings of intelligentsia backed by the big economic uh, bankers of the day 
because bankers, obviously, who deal with long-term credit, sometimes it'll take 100 years to pay a war off for the debt that it causes. Bankers are always interested in sustainability, what the population will be, because after all, the children and grandchildren will take over debts and pay them off. So they were all combined together to find out how the future would look to them. And their biggest cry, even before the days of Thomas Malthus, that was one of these characters, these economists, uh, has been there's going to be too many people, you see. And they also knew back then that they would go through a tremendous burst of, of uh, technology and then die off into a post-technological system where we'd be surplus. And I'm going to go into this and combine it with the present to show you what's happening after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Going through the big system that controls the world and where it's supposed to take us. I say supposed to, it actually is taking us there all the time. People are always asking me, when does a big crunch come? When does Armageddon come? And I say, you're living through it all the time, day after day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. You have been since you were born. As they take down the world. And they are taking it down. As I say, they planned a post-industrial society and a post-technological society even a long time ago. And they obviously discussed what they would do with their excess population. Big players who belonged to this international organization and who was a true elitist hereditary peer, uh, Lord British, uh, Bertrand Russell, called the people at the bottom classes, the masses of people worldwide, they called them useless eaters and how they couldn't sustain the useless eaters in the future, they'd have to eliminate them. Julian Huxley uh, echoed this. He belonged to the same international organization. Uh, You'll find, by the way, that all these characters I mentioned are interrelated from the Darwin family. And uh, they never changed their tune. Uh, they, They breed their psychopaths at the top. That's why you can guarantee they'll be psychopaths and they'll take over daddy's business and be just as psychopathic. But it's a hard thing for most folk to believe that they're being managed. And we have, see, we've been trained from childhood that we're being managed. In fact, we pick it up from our parents' attitudes to those who rule them. Your parents think there's an organization out there for everything. If you need welfare, you can go to the welfare department. If you have a problem, social workers come in. They think all that's real until you need to, to actually bring them, and then you find it's a different system than the one you imagined. However, people are... are have been taught to leave it to the experts. So much so now they do nothing for themselves. Families won't even help members of their families out. They'll tell them to go to welfare. That's what it's for, they'll say. And that was the intention of setting up these systems. It was to help, help further the breakup of the family, which was already under attack from Hollywoods, the music industry, the magazines, etc., from academia, talking about being an obsolete uh, function, which is no longer necessary in our course of evolution. Evolution, you see, we're always supposed to be evolving. But the world they're bringing in is a world of totalitarianism, where authority is in charge of everything that you need to do in your life to try and live. 
United Nations was set up as the main front organization by this particular group a long time ago. Every prime minister and president who signed on to the United Nations literally was a traitor to their country because they sold out any idea of sovereignty from there on, and they put it in writing. Canada actually signed a treaty at the United Nations that said that should a, a suitable international governing body for the world emerge, then Canada was ready to sign over all responsibility for this place, Canada, to them. That's official. And most Canadians don't even know it. But what's behind this, this big push? It's a eugenicist at the top. All believers, utter complete believers in Darwinism. With the, the belief that the right of the intellectuals and those who are wealthy should rule the lesser peoples and bring down their populations by force if necessary. They have been doing it, by the way, through stealth measures. measures. They don't have population reduction meetings in 1917 onwards just to put a wish list to Santa Claus up the chimney and hope it comes true. I've read an article quite a few times, and it's worth repeating at the beginning of this talk because it's from People for Preserving Our Western Heritage. And it's got so many quotes from the guys at the top and the organizations they belong to, speaking the truth at their own meetings that isn't published in regular newspapers. See, the regular media is to keep you running around in circles and talking trivia and to panic you when you're supposed to panic when they tell you there's a swine flu. And sure enough, everybody panics and so on. That's the regular media's job. Here's a quote from Maurice Strong. Maurice Strong was picked up by Rockefeller personally, groomed, and he's a, had a lifelong career going across the planet, working for United Nations and different bodies to do with United Nations, very top positions. He gave us the Earth Charter, which reduced people to actually a lower status than bugs. Well, he gave the bugs the rights of existence. He says, isn't the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility? Now, who is our? You see, they're talking about their own club, international club, those with power. Our responsibility to bring that about. Maurice Strong, founder of the UN Environment Program and the Rio Air Summit, etc. Here's another one. A massive campaign must be launched to de-develop the United States. Development means bringing our economic system into line with the realities of ecology. Look up ecology, folks. You'll be hearing a lot more about it. And the world resource situation. Paul Ehrlich, professor of population studies, visited all these international meetings. To de-develop de the United States. Do you think that giving all the factories and paying them to move to China by your taxpayer, by the way, by government mandate through the GATT Treaty and other treaties. Do you think it's all coincidence? Deindustrialization. The 
only hope for the world is to make sure there is not another United States. We can't let other countries have the same number of cars, the amount of industrialization we have in the U.S. We have to stop these third world countries right where they are. Michael Oppenheimer, Environmental Defense Fund. Professor Morris King, associated with the Club of Rome, who, claimed, who dreamed up the global warming scam, and they say it in their own book. It says here, global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty. That means introduction of poverty and spreading of poverty. Global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty, reduced resource consumption, and set levels of mortality control. Big player, this guy. Big think tank. And what they come up out with at the Club of Rome is signed into law via the UN by all the member countries. These guys are not kidding. I'm not making this stuff up here. Not making it up. The prospect of cheap fusion energy for, is the worst thing that could happen to the planet. That was Jeremy Rifkin of the Greenhouse Crisis Foundation that also is a splinter group funded by the Club of Rome because they've got to create hype, hype and fear. Giving society cheap, abundant energy would be the equivalent of giving an idiot child a machine gun. Professor Paul Ehrlich, Stanford University. You see, if we had cheap, abundant energy, they could not hold us in check and interdependence, which they're pushing, you will be dependent for everything you need from this system. And then Dave Foreman, co-founder of Earth First, they're all financed by this way by the big foundations who are owned by the big international bankers. The same bankers who funded Adolf Hitler and the Soviet Union. And I'm not making that up either. My three main goals would be to reduce human population to about 100 million worldwide, destroy the industrial infrastructure and the wilderness with its full complement of species returning throughout the world. Maurice Strong again at the Rio Air Summit. Current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake Use of fossil fuels, appliances, air conditioning, and suburban housing are not sustainable. You see? So he's talking about the whole way of life here. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. That's from their own book. What they're talking about, by the way, this is a quote from the book, The First Global Revolution, by King and, and the other founder. They're talking about the fact that they came up with the idea of global warming, and they said that would fit the bill. And they also said the real enemy then is humanity itself, so we become the enemy. You wonder what the war is all about, the New World Order. It's a total war on the unrequired populations of the planet. That's what it is. 
via inoculation. As Bertrand Russell said, he did say, and I've read from his own book, we shall use the needle. He didn't think that up because he was at the Royal Institute for International Affairs at their top meetings and in their international meetings. The needle, yeah. And Sir James Lovelock, healing, healing Gaia, he calls it. Humans on Earth behave in some ways like a pathogenic microorganism or like the cells of a tumor. That's how they love us all. See, we're the viruses. And they've got to eliminate us. I'll be back with more on this after these messages. Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, showing you the bigger picture and giving some quotes from some of the bigger players that are well known at the top, not so well known by the people at the bottom. These are all unelected people by any country. We don't vote them in. They are what Carol Quigley called the technocrats, those who are given the real power behind the scenes, the real true power. When they say something, it is done. When they demand something, it's done. They don't have to answer to the public. That's how it's really done. Thatcher called it the parallel government, and many ex-prime ministers and presidents are members of it because, once again, they're not responsible to the public. They know what the agenda is, and they can ram it ahead. Now, I talked last night even about how the Nazi movement had meetings before the end of World War II, to decide how they could continue after the war. And I went into the fact that some of the high-ranking members of their industries became the guys who pushed for the European Union. I have the whole PDF now, and I'll try and see if I can get it up on my site for you to read. And this is declassified by the U.S. government. has some interesting company names in there because they basically amalgamated all these Nazis or they already actually owned a lot of these companies in the U.S., the big steel companies. They were involved heavily with Carnegie uh, operations. And, of course, Mr. Rockefeller. People don't know Mr. Rockefeller started off. The old man, Rockefeller, uh, is basically a gangster, uh, as they all did. And there was a big group around them, just like the Rothschilds, of course, that made sure there was no competition. All the heavy stuff was taken care of by heavies, basically. And uh, and after the Ludlow massacre, where where he got the militia to come out and gun down, machine gun down ten cities of uh, striking miners, uh, they brought in as professionals to rebuild his image, and he became a philanthropist. Suddenly, he was a philanthropist with a big foundation that would guide the world the way it should be guided. And it's, and the world's made up of these wonderful philanthropists, just just as Adam Weishaupt mentioned, they would do, and just as we find uh, the Pope of Freemasonry. Also, in his book, Morals and Dogma, Albert Pike said they'd do. Philanthropy. Who would ever think of looking at charitable organizations, which are worth billions and billions of dollars, as being actually working towards a new world order with a controlled, depopulated society? 
so much can hide behind charities is is incredible. And I've mentioned too that one of the big organizations that worked under the umbrella group of IG Farben, this group that created the Nazi war machine, without them it would never have happened. You had the Bayer Company of Rothschild in there, you had Baxter Laboratories, who only recently uh, apparently sent live H5N1 mixed with uh, H1N1 uh, out to people, and uh, supposedly it was caught. Well, these were the same boys who were working with IG Farben, and they're still going today, but they're looking after your health, remember, if you're dumb enough to believe that. And here's an article here. This is from Bloomberg.com. By Jason Gale and Simeon Bennett. The World Health Organization, May 13th, the World Health Organization is investigating a claim by an Australian researcher that the swine flu virus circling the globe may have been created as a result of human error. Adrian Gibbs, 75, who collaborated on research that led to the development of Roche's Holdings AG's Tamiflu drug, said in an interview that he intends to publish a report suggesting the new strain may have accidentally evolved an egg scientists use to grow viruses and drug makers use to make vaccines. Gibbs said he came to his conclusion as part of an effort to trace the virus's origins by analyzing its genetic blueprint. One of the simplest explanations is that it's a laboratory escape, Gibbs said in an interview with Bloomberg Television today, but there are lots of others. The World Health Organization received the study last week and is reviewing it. Well, you'll go nowhere with them, as you well know. But anyone who thinks that these things are all accidental or up a gum tree, as we used to say in Britain, but isn't it amazing, though, you see how we're in age of crisis creation until we're punch drunk with crisis one after another. First it was 9-11, and then suddenly they had all these laws passed, these, these thousands of laws in every country at the same time, all the same laws, which would make one suspect they were already sitting and agreed upon by every country to be used. And then we had one thing after another, the ID card coming in. We've had... Um, all the scares from the homeland security about imminent bombings and terrorist threats and so on that never pan out. And then we have the greatest swindle of all uh, when the banks swindled the public of trillions of bucks, basically, and then got rewarded by the governments for doing so by throwing tax money at them again. And immediately after that, you have this supposed flu that uh, if you get it at all, you have a few sniffles and you won't even know if you've got a cold or not. And you see how quickly we forget about being ripped off by the bankers as they give us this farce about the swine flow. It's immediately out at the head of people. They're all terrified for their lives now, you see. And where's the swine flu going? Well, it's going away the dodo bird, just like the, the last swine flu scare. It just died off. Just as soon as the press stopped talking about it, it was gone. Voila. Perhaps the press is the antidote. Maybe they have the answer. Just stop talking about it and it ceases to exist. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Another article about a guy in Canada who tried to smuggle some Ebola, apparently, into the U.S. from a Canadian laboratory. And you wonder if this is even a, a factual thing or not. It's interesting, though, that back in the 80s, then into the 90s, the government started putting up these high-tech, high-security laboratories to contain uh, viruses and bacterium in all major cities. And, of course, no one at the time could figure out why would you put them in the major cities if there's a possibility of leaks coming out of them. Well, you would do it if you planned to leak them out, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's why you'd put them in the major cities, not away out in the country somewhere. But getting back to this article here, this is from Breitbart.com. It's May the 13th. It says, a Canadian scientist has been arrested for smuggling 22 vials stolen from Canada's National Microbiology Lab used in Ebola and HIV research into the United States. Canadian and U.S. officials said Wednesday, Conan Michael Yeo, 42, was taken into custody while crossing the border from Manitoba, Manitoba province into the western U.S. state of North Dakota on May 5th to a spokeswoman for the Public Health Agency of Canada, which operates the lab. According to U.S. Prosecutor Lynn Jordine, Yao was detained for uh, carrying unidentified biological materials and vials wrapped in aluminum foil inside a glove and packaged in a plastic bag, along with electrical wires in the trunk of his car. He said in an affidavit he stole the vials described as research vectors from the Winnipeg lab on his last day of work there on January 21st. He told U.S. border guards he was taking them to his new job with the National Institutes of Health at the Biodefense Research Laboratory in Bethesda, Maryland. Bethesda, Bethesda, Maryland. But that's an interesting part, right? The National Institutes of Health at the Biodefense Research Laboratory. Is it the Defense Department, or is it, or is it, in other words, is it the Warfare Department, or is it the Health Department? Well, I should spun the same thing these days. US, U.S. authorities feared their contents could pose a terrorist threat, but tests later showed that they're not hazardous, really, said Jordan. This turned out to be a, not a terrorism-related case, he said by telephone from North Dakota. It appears to be exactly as he said. However, he still faces possible charges for smuggling the vials into the United States. Can I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie called 12 Monkeys. Again, predictive programming in a nice sci-fi setting where they showed you this guy going back and forth in time trying to stop a plague, which is started by a scientist from a laboratory who, again, believes in eugenics and superior types and inferior types, and he believes that the rest of humanity are just a plague and a scourge on the planet, pretty much like Mr. King from the Club of Rome and many more like him. It's well worth seeing, though, for its predictive programming content. And if people have no doubt there's a war being ongoing for an awful long time, just look at the medical statistics. I've read many of them myself over the years. But I show you that since the polio vaccine back in the 50s and, and so many other inoculations were introduced, autism went sky high, male fertility plummeted, and a whole host of things emerged, new diseases of the, the youth that used to be aging diseases, juvenile arthritis and stuff like that. Now it's all quite common. It's 
quite common now for, for a lot of people to be sterile, and it's very, very common to have a complete allergy syndrome. You're allergic to everything because your immune system has been destroyed. What's the common link with the immune system and inoculations? Well, inoculations target your immune system. Huh? Simple, isn't it? And that goes back to what I've been talking about. I've read so many articles on depopulation and creating a sick population for the major changes. You don't want a healthy population breeding away and being very fit and active when you plan to start to eradicate them and bring them down. Now, one out of two, apparently, and have been taught this as being normal in the medical schools, are going to get cancer. It's normal now. Everything's normal. Total allergy syndrome is normal. Getting asthma in your 40s is normal now. Everything's normal. That's all they have to tell us. It's normal. And yet, any detective story will go into the what happens beforehand. What happened beforehand? Before all these symptoms showed, what were you eating? What were you doing? What's new in your environment? What came into your system, perhaps? Well, we've had GM food, GMO food. And we've had masses of inoculations. We also have had been sprayed like crazy from the air. We're being bioengineered. That's what's happening. Physically. But it's not enough, you see, having a war on this, these levels. You have to have a war on every level, and it's to do with compliance. Here's an article here, because Britain is a, is a leader for the world, remember. And this is from, this is from an EU uh, newspaper. This is EU test brain scanning to catch terrorists. Well, it's nothing to do with that. What do you know? It's for all of us, you see. Don't think about bombs, don't think about bombs, etc., etc., it says here. And this goes on to say, the EU has been testing new ways to catch terrorists, and a method of brain scanning could be the way to weed them out. Developed via the HUMABIO, it's called HUMABIO, or BIO, Human Monitoring and Authentication Using Biodynamic Indicators and Behavioral Analysis. Uh, projects based in Greece, the scans would search for distinctive brain patterns as people pass through the checks. Isn't it wonderful? There is no privacy at all. Now they want inside your head. And the schmucks go along with it. It says this would be used in sensitive locations such as airports and borders to catch those that might have successfully forged documents, although the research hasn't shown how long such scans would take. The Humabio projects funded by the Economic Union have also looked at ways of monitoring heart rhythms to achieve the same effect. This is for the citizenry. You only find these in all the streets, by the way. They always start them off in airports and so on. And then it's in the streets as well. Aren't you sick of this? Don't you realize that we're allowing all of this to go ahead? See, they need our compliance by our silence. Silence connotes dissent, a consent. That's what silence means. You're consenting to it. We know where it's all going. They've made it quite clear where it's all going. So why do we let them? When you know they're going to annihilate you eventually, they already want to shove you into overcrowded cities that are already overcrowded as that this generation dies off. 
And they've already told us we need to take care of us all because we'll be rioting for food and so on for the next 30 years from the same think tanks that work for the military for Britain, NATO, and the U.S. I've read the articles, their own articles. And I think it's because people really don't believe they mean it. They really don't believe they're doing it because no one would do that. They wouldn't do that to anyone. And they don't believe they mean it. Well, believe you me, they do mean it, and they are doing it. And we have to stop this and reverse it. I mean, you don't just stop it and say, okay, let's just keep what we have. No, you reverse it, because if we have no privacy, we are under utter and complete tyranny. Complete, as no tyrant in history could have dreamed of having this kind of power. And it won't stop. They'll continue to the next step and the next step and the next step until you have a brain chip in you. Do you know I read last night an article about the, the transhumanist societies and associations? Well, the EU put up millions for the post-humanist era to set out guidelines on what we should all be given or implanted with and I have the article here as well. I'll put it on. I'll put all these articles up on my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the show. Is that what you thought governments were for? Why would governments be involved in post-human eras? And, and it says right in the article, they all believe that we're in a progressive course from, of evolution, from the ape, basically, up through different stages. And the next part is supposed to be the chipped one. Well, believe you me, if you heard me read the article last night from the Transhumanist Association, the man made it quite clear that the object of implanting chips in people, the brain chips, was to create this world peace because people were just too, too dumb and stupid to go along with it. But we all sit back and read this kind of stuff and think, oh, it's nothing to do with me. Maybe it'll all come in once I'm dead. So I'll just leave it to fall like a hammer on the next generation. That's how we're in the mess we're in. The previous bunch did the same thing, did the same attitude. Well, I'll be okay. I'll get my pension and go fishing. And the next generation can carry the can. We're all responsible. We're all responsible for this. Now, there's Kyle in Connecticut. There, Are you there, Kyle, on the telephone? Hi, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad. How are you doing? Uh, doing all right. Uh, just a little shocked that, you know, they don't need the needle anymore, and they could just uh, give us the GMO uh, potatoes and bananas now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they are doing it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm just surprised everybody's all concerned about this SPP when the organization of the American states was started in, you know, the 1800s. Yep. You know, so, I mean, people don't realize how far gone we are. They have no idea. They have no idea. Again, they're born into this system, and if their parents don't, don't know to warn them, they'll, they'll think it's all quite natural. So they had about five conferences before uh, the OAS was official, yeah. and they have 
35 countries that are member, member states, mm-hmm. uh, Canada, U.S., and Mexico, including all uh, South American countries also. Yes, that's right. It's astonishing so, when you realize that all of this stuff I've been talking about was discussed long, long ago. And, and again, many, many times since with international meetings, and they've never changed their direction, their format, or the tenets of, of their, their charters or, and so on. It's always been the same agenda of a reduced population of the fittest and, and, the, and the wealthiest, basically. And um, their only problem is how to kill us off quietly, but not all at once, uh, and, and keep us all happy and entertained in the process. Exactly. I don't want to see another uh, bloody war in the streets. Yeah. You know, they want to keep it quiet. Yeah. And I've often said to people, I says, well, you know, they've always asked me for answers. And I've said to them, the answers are, are within you because everyone, as I say, we acquiesce to it all by our silence. And um, that is a legal, that's actually a legal um, saying, you know. Uh, silence connotes consent. And we got, if someone's murdering you and is in the process of murdering you, what are you going to do? But or Do you stop and try and negotiate with the murderer? These guys mean business. Utter business. And, and, and the plan to have no opposition whatsoever. What are you going to do about it? That's, that's the sad state we're in. And I think people know what they'd have to do. They really do know. No one's allowed to say it by law. But we're dealing with organized crime. The most organized crime on the planet who have been successfully killing us off, making the rest sick, sterilizing the people without any consent from anyone, and they have further plans to bring us down even faster through the coming food shortages, the creation of poverty, like that article I read from one of their, their top think tanks. Yeah, my hardest thing is just to get people to use the thing in between their ears. Yes. Instead well, they always of, uh, want someone else to do it for them, you see. That, that's the problem with most people. They, they, what they really want is, is for someone to do it for them while they continue to play themselves and be happy. That's what most people really want. That's why they'll vote for people, they'll, they'll, they'll vote the next tyrants in, time after time, because they say the right things during election time. Because no one wants to take responsibility for themselves and confront these organizations and say, no one gave you permission to even exist as an organization with powers over me. We've got to understand that. These are not, these are no one, no public body voted to bring these foundations and all their thousands of NGOs into existence with power over the public. So what they are, in effect, are, are, are a group, a massive group of wealthy tyrants who are taking power over by repetition of their names in media as though they're official, but they're not official at all. They have no government authority. And you have to put them all back in the box 
and perhaps kick the box out to sea. Because they'll keep coming back otherwise. But through, through these foundations, through these NGOs, etc., they are literally dictating to the elected governments. That has to stop. And any laws have been passed by these lobby groups on behalf of the foundations have to be torn up and burned. All of them. Yeah, because, they're doing no good. Because we have the rights. See, see, no one at the top was born in a, from a special womb any more than we were. And they have no more right to dictate how we should live and what's to happen to us than we have to, to, to do about them. They truly believe they do have the rights. And they're training the public that that is so. They're actually training them to believe it. Sick. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of the uh, census workers going around with the GPS unit? No, I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, yeah, they came by my house. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not asking how many people live in the house, how long I've lived here. Mm -hmm. Just punching in... Uh, Sort of little handheld computers, coordinates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the cage is just getting tighter and smaller. Absolutely. It's a total information network so where a person will have no privacy, uh, no right to their own thoughts uh, or actions uh, at all. Uh, the government wants to know everything you're doing every moment of the day. Yeah. But thanks for calling. I'll be back with more after this break. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Here is that article here on the, the European Union pushing the post-human era. And is that, is that what they're all voted in for? And who votes them in anyway? I don't know. It's a big, big secret. But um, this is from, this article is from Tech Radar UK. And it says, um, the European Parliament is set to debate issues surrounding smart drugs, cybernetic body enhancements, cosmetic surgery, and more over the coming months to establish an advisory committee on all aspects of human enhancement, the first committee of its kind. As it says here, Maya sees the, the contemporary obsession with cosmetic surgery part of what he calls the accumulation of biocultural capital. The expectation is that such alterations will make us wealthier in some sense and, of course, make us more attractive to those people we would like to go to bed with. This is how they're selling the idea. This is a handout, obviously, you see. This is a promotion for it. And then to go in, into uh, implants, etc., etc., that they're thinking about uh, pushing. So parliaments, governments are going to push all of these various cyborg implants. And you know, as I say, if you, if you read that article last night that I talked about uh, from the, the Transhumanist Association, they said it's for world, world peace because you'll all be implanted with a brain chip. In other words, you can, and control, they said, by a computer. The computers will be the new police. They will police your thoughts for wrong think and uh, disable you so that you can't have wrong think. In other words, you won't have a mind of your own at all. That's what it's all about. And governments are promoting this because it is the agenda and they know, they know what their part in it is supposed to be. That's why 
the big boys put these politicians in there. Now we'll go to Joe from California if he's still there. Is Joe there? Hi. Hello. Oh, hi. You know, I was just thinking about what you were saying, that how we were in this predicament, and it's true. Uh, if it's not affecting a person right away, if they have a job and everything's okay, they don't want to hear it. They yes, got there. It's the I've got mine attitude. And my mother once told me, she says, uh, she would always say, I don't have to worry about it. I'll be dead gone. But I have a different attitude. I can't stand the thought of my grandchildren going through this. You yes. know, and so I don't think like she does. But you were mentioning uh, that uh, we know what we have to do. Well, we can't mention it. I think what you're referring to is, we're going to have to rise up and put a stop to them, even if it, if we have to do it physically. Is that correct? Well, put it this way. The think tanks have envisaged this happening. They know what they're bringing on, which is poverty, starvation, and so on, over 30 years, they claim. And, uh, and they also know that the people will riot. So they've been preparing heavily, mightily, in fact, to take care of these riots. Um, but, but as I say, I cannot possibly see any possibility of negotiating these characters out of their long-held agendas and their very firm beliefs that they're right. Uh, no, exactly. There's no negotiation They, they have the whole military on their side. They have bigger guns, more money, so why shouldn't they go for broken? And there's another thing. Mm -hmm. They have to do that because if they don't and uh, um, we have any power... Uh, which we really do, um, they're afraid when we find out all they've done, what we're going to do to them. Yes, you, and you better believe it. One of them actually said, I think it was Bruce Sr., if the public know what we've been up to, they'd, they'd be chasing us down the street with rope. Yeah. Uh-huh. What that's choice you. would you have? What choice would you have if you find out the proof they've been murdering you? Uh-huh. And all the, all the people have gone before us. That's right. So they, they have no choice. They have to go forward. So we just have to face up to it. That's right. But thanks for calling. That's the end of the show. And the music's playing. So from Hamish and myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.